2: For SEN America, this is the SEN MLB Podcast.
1: Hi
0: everybody and welcome to the show. Uh, Today, joining me of course, uh, behind the mic, is the great JC, Justin Charles. Good morning Frida. How are you mate?
2: Fantastic.
0: Great to be here. Terrific, mate. Also joining us behind uh, mic number two is former pitcher with the San Diego Padres and Detroit Tigers, and that's Russ Spear. Russ, welcome.
1: Gentlemen, good to see you again.
0: How are you? Wonderful, thank you. Uh, Good to be here. Um, JC, we're going to go straight to MLB standings for this week. We're going to have to not fly through it. We're just going to take our time and get some stuff out, but the standings as they are right now.
2: We are going to fly through it because there are a couple of issues that are going to come out of this that we, we need to talk about. We need to pull it apart a little bit. Really? So, yes. But uh, in the East, in the American League, we have that epic tussle going on between the Blue Jays and the Yankees. Uh, the lead is, you know, being narrowed and, and, and pulled apart uh, on, a, on a daily basis. We have a key uh, series coming up. It got rained out. The first game of the yeah, series got yeah, rained out right. yesterday. Yep. Uh, between the two, they're at Yankee Stadium for the next four games. So that's going to be an that, that'll be this, a defining that will be a defining series. This for, series uh, is
0: crucial, isn't it? It's absolutely crucial. With a we've got about what thirty to go, maybe no, tw- no, twenty. 20 games to
2: go, and seven games between yep. the two right here. So yep. we've got four games in Yankee Stadium. Then they go immediately to. Um, uh, Toronto, and yep. they'll they'll wind up that series, but that will pretty much shape the uh, the pennant winner in in that one. Yep. Um, Tampa Bay has uh, been very good in uh, clawing back into it, but uh, they'll miss out. Baltimore and Boston—they're about a couple of weeks out of being eliminated. In the Central, we have Kansas City, who will uh, clinch. In another couple of weeks, I dare say, from Minnesota, Cleveland, the White Sox, Detroit, that the wheels have completely fallen off. Uh, in the west, we have Houston. And all of a sudden, Texas has really come into the into uh, into play there. They've, they've been on an absolute tear. They're
0: only two and a half games back now.
2: Yes, and they're, they're in a wild card spot at the moment. So I actually think... They've got some momentum going, and they could actually take the pennant in the West there. Followed by the Angels, Seattle and Oakland are a week away from being eliminated I'm surprised
0: with the Angels have sort of cooled off over the last month. They haven't been as effective as early in the season. Uh, The last month or so, they're currently currently sitting five and a half games back of Houston in first place there. But the Angels have kind of cooled a little bit.
2: I can't see them... Uh, in the pennant race, even though they are only five and a half games behind, they're a better chance to uh, to knock Texas out of. Uh, uh, well, Houston. Well, actually, no, they're out. I, I reckon they've they've left their run too late.
0: And the great Albert Pujols hit. Uh, he's got five hundred and fifty five home runs now. He's uh, racking them up.
2: Just be, he's had a wonderful season. He's uh, up sure. around, he'll go close to 40 home runs this year, which is just incredible for, yeah, him, yeah. for for the longevity that he's been in the game. Okay, so moving to the National League, we have in the East the rampaging New York Mets pulling away from the Washington Nationals. That has, I mean, they just came off a, uh, the, the Mets actually swept um, the Nationals. That was a defining uh, moment right there yep. in that series where the Mets pretty much... Isolate, or ice the uh, pennant there. Which how, is, uh,
0: how is it when your team, your team, your, the best player you got's 42, throws a f- 31 scoreless <laughs> innings, <laughs> did one, you see, one NL player of the week. Did you see the behind the back? Unbelievable. <laughs> did fra- you see that, the behind the athlete. back? Out? <laughs> yeah, he's, I mean, he's incredible what he's, he's doing. For it. Bartolo, for we're a giant talking about, we're Bartolo, about Cologne.
2: Bartolo Cologne.
0: Giant pumpkin head, but boy is he getting it done.
2: He certainly is, and look, you know what he play. He's one of my favourite players because he plays with the, the the love of the game, and he, he plays with a smile on his face, and, and he's getting it done too. Oh, you know, for like, not, he's had a great year. Yep, uh, he he had a uh, a seven inning. Uh, one run outing yesterday and drove in a run. Yeah, he's just playing the game. And, that that and, ended and his thirty-one
0: run. scoreless innings. Correct. He's been That's phenomenal. Right. The yeah. oldest oldest to to get to that sort of rate thirty-one innings at forty-two years of age. He's been phenomenal for the Mets this year.
2: A wonderful outing too, along with in.
0: Cespedes, who who you know is is being talked about in MVP conversations now. For since he's been at the Mets, his numbers have been phenomenal.
2: He was one of the guys that I wanted to to get to after this, so we'll get through that. Um, so. Followed behind Washington, we have Miami, Atlanta, Philadelphia. Both Atlanta and Philadelphia have been eliminated, so they're out of the picture now. In the Central, we have St. Louis and Pittsburgh and the Chicago Cubs, all with 80-plus wins. Yeah. So uh, The Cubbies,
0: Cubbies are leading... Four other divisions, and they're in third place in their own division. <laughs> How are they going? Struggling?
2: They've. Uh, I mean, what a wonderful turnaround! Uh, last to first, almost scenario equivalent yeah. of if uh, you know, if it was one of those um, breakout, well, one of those extraordinary years where other teams are winning as well. Any other year, they'd probably win the pennant.
0: Yeah, um, absolutely. But
2: unfortunately, not this. But they will play playoffs, so yeah. they've definitely got a wild card spot there. Milwaukee, Cincinnati. Uh, bring up the rear there. Milwaukee and Cincinnati, both have been eliminated. In the west, we have the Dodgers and San Francisco. That's pretty much uh, been defined now. Yep. Um, you know, the Dodgers doing the number against San Francisco there. Um, Arizona, San Diego, and Colorado, they're probably a week to a few days away from being eliminated themselves. Yep. Uh, in the wild card, we have uh, we have the Yankees. But that could change. <laughs> yeah, next, absolutely. The way it's been next, going, it's such an arm wrestle. Yeah, we'll we'll find out in the next week because uh, that series will be over in a week, and uh, it'll be Toronto or the Yankees for the first wild card spot. Yep. Texas have just done unbelievably well since the the trade deadline to to make up those 10 games and now they're actually sitting in a wild card spot. They could actually take the pennant in the west there Um, but they've got uh, a number of teams breathing down their neck there. Minnesota, the Angels could slot in there. Yep. for a wild card spot, and even Cleveland and Tampa Bay, they're not that far out. Sure, Although, absolutely, we're still okay, so, twenty twenty odd to go. They're, they're still certainly there. relying on on Texas to to lose, sure, and or, and or the Houston Astros. So yep. that really probably won't happen. Uh, in the East for the wild card, we've got Pittsburgh and the Cubs, and the rest is really non event. Just pull on I mean, for I'll, the Cubbies! Come yeah. on, Cubbies! I'll cubbies would, and Mets. Yeah, that awesome. Wouldn't that be a you know uh, th- uh, a great matchup? But, yeah. I've got to say, you, you mentioned him before, Cespedes. Since coming over to the Mets, mm. he has actually shone like a diamond. He's f- been phenomenal. Think he's hit, he might have hit maybe eleven. T- uh, Between 10 and 13 home runs since coming over. Yep. Uh, Clutch knocks. Yep. Um, Clearly he's happy there. His agent, they've removed a clause in his contract to allow uh, the Mets to negotiate with him, take the time pressure off negotiating with him. So clearly he wants to stay there. And I think that's just a wonderful fit. Uh, Don't you just love when players go to a a club or they get traded to a club and and they just shine, but they actually love being there and you can actually see it. And they actually lift the... With the performance of the other players around them, yep. and um, I'm just really enjoying how that whole scenario is uh, unfolding there. Also, another story with the Mets. The Mets, yep. Just quickly, good. So there was a few dramas. Now completely the opposite. You got one dynamic where a player has actually made a move to make it easier for the club to uh, re-sign and get the uh, get the performance of the player, and then we had Harvey. Um, Matt Harvey come out and say that uh, well he didn't say anything and that was the problem yeah um, and, and this is a, I'd love to spend a, a, at least a minute on it yeah what are your thoughts on a pitcher he's coming off Tommy John surgery he hasn't pitched more than 180 innings before in his career he's, he's pitched really well and he's been strong um, and his agent and his surgeon are saying that he should be capped at 180 innings for his career now, the Mets are going to play in the playoffs. What are your thoughts on that? Should he pitch in the playoffs and go over his 80, 180 innings? Yep. Or should
1: he look after his career and look after his own best interest? Russ,
0: of course, you, you've had Tommy John surgery. Yeah. Just, just talk us through that.
1: Well, I think that... Um Yes, first and foremost, it's not the first time. I think we dealt with this with Strasbourg a couple of years. Yes, ago. Yes, yes,
0: and the Nationals actually pulled him out, and he never pitched in the playoffs. That's right. yes.
1: So, one, you've got to remember, it's a business. This, this is a business, and they're protecting their asset in in someone like Matt Harvey. Um, do, do you know? I think the conundrum would be: do you do you play for right now, and you, and you risk uh, going against what the surgeon says and and what Scott Boris, his, his agent, says or, or wants. Um, or do you uh, do you do you look after your investment and go well? This guy's got maybe potentially ten more years in the big leagues, yeah, and we've sure. got to do the right thing by him. Yeah. So, is it now or is it later? You know, and I think that's where it comes down to because I, I truly believe uh, the Tommy John process, uh, you know, the, the rehab, it's so thorough and so well done now that. Uh, I think everybody that comes out of Tommy John, it either works or it doesn't, and it, it's either a big failure or a yeah. big success. Yeah. And clearly, it, it's one or the other. Clearly, it's it's stuck But is he taking a risk? Do you do you think personally he should go over it? Oh, geez, it's tough. I, I mean, Just the personal opinion? Do you think if it should? was if it was me yeah. and I was in his position, you you wouldn't be getting that ball out of my hand. No chance. Well,
0: okay. I'm putting the manager's hat on. You'll pitch, Harvey. Yeah. You'll pitch. Yeah. You don't get to this opportunity to get to the playoffs is hard enough. To really go all the way is super hard. Yeah. So if they get a real opportunity to go further in the season, I'd be putting him out there every day.
1: Easy for us to say. Again, it's a business. Oh. You got to remember. I know that you take the emotion out of it. Yeah. And it's a business. That's yeah, it. We... You got to
0: take the emotion out of it because it is such a business.
1: Off air, we did speak
2: about it last week. You know, do, do you do you go for the the ring? What if you don't get it, but you blow your arm out? Correct. You yeah. know. Yeah. But, but then if you don't, and then you have a nice 10-year career, you're set for life, you know what happens there? But is the individual
1: bigger than the franchise? Never: That's what I think. Never. I agree. And I well, know I- as a pitcher, I'm tipping if he's like most pitchers. Give me the ball. Um, so interesting. We, we're going to have to move so on. here. we've
0: got to keep the show rolling, guys. We've got uh, plenty to talk about. About to go to a break, but just on a couple of little side notes, David Ortiz, who I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, Close signed a new $11 million uh, contract with Boston, is on the verge of hitting 500 home runs. This week, um, hit his ninth season of thirty home runs or more, pales into insignificance over A-Rod, who this week hit his 15th season of 30 home runs or more, extraordinary. tying extraordinary, tying Hank Aaron for the uh, all-time in MLB history, 15 seasons of 30 home runs or more, phenomenal performance wonderful statistic. there by uh, A-Rod, but uh, well, that's enough on the MLB side of things, we're going to go to a short break and after that we're going to be speaking with Howie Norset of the International Scout for the Minnesota Twins. Celex Recoding Service specialise in electrostatic painting. Where our fully trained staff and state of the art equipment enables projects of any size to be coated either on site or in our well equipped Bayside facility. Celix Recoating Service offers a professional powder coating service and has a wide range of colours available, and items can be colour matched to ensure integration with your existing decor. Celix Recoating Service offers a professional powder coating service and has a wide range of colours available and items can be colour-matched to ensure integration with your existing decor. Celix Recoding Service also offers anti-graffiti coating, sandblasting and metal fabrication of refrigerator components and parts. For more information, go to info at or call double eight 4000. And uh, Howie, welcome to the show. Um, this year, mate, we've we've noticed there's going to be a a real feel for the Minnesota Twins this year here in Melbourne. This is why we decided to get you on this morning. And notably, yesterday, um, Sam Gibbons threw a a beautiful game for Cedar Rapids, and and that puts his team into the Western Division series. Uh, later on this week. You must be pretty happy with the way young Sam Gibbons has gone this year.
3: He, yeah, he's had a fantastic year, especially the last month. In the last month, mm. he's had a couple of real blinders. He had a one-hitter. He punched out 12-1 game. He's consistently gone really deep into games and uh, has, has been consistent. So, he's, as they say, he's might be having that breakout year that everybody looks for. Um, Howie?
2: You're obviously the best scout uh, that. Um, oh, stop! You know your your ability to um, identify talent and uh, and see them go on. What makes what or what do you think uh, makes a good scout? And 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 what do you think that you bring to scouting that uh, a, a lot of uh, other scouts miss?
3: Well, I don't know if there's any special skills. I, you know, it helps if if all your life you weren't very good, and you tried to figure out why guys were better. That's, I, should that's be a great scout. I was going to
0: say, it's going to make me a great scout. <laughs> that one, yeah.
3: yeah. Um, you know, there's i I've been lucky with the, with Minnesota Twins. We've had a commitment to Australian, Australian players and Australian baseball. And the first couple of players that went over did well, were liked, developed, and that kind of set the tone. So, you know, when I think the first player we signed was Darren Fidge, and he was with us for about six years and, and progressed from throwing 82 miles an hour to throwing 94 miles an hour. But along the way, he was well liked and he was a good teammate and a good professional. And uh, um, I, I think a lot of people got on board with the uh, idea that talent there was talent down in Australia, at least in our system. So we signed a lot of players, and I was fortunate to have. Uh, front office and a development staff that was willing to take on a lot of Australians because they, uh, Australians are underdeveloped. They're, uh, they just haven't played enough games. And, and even the, the tools are underdeveloped as well. So you have to have a lot more patience. And we, we have in the past, we've had patients. I think at one time we had 15 or 16 Australians in the system and they have progressed. So, um, you know, it's, it's not just, it's not just a scout. It's, it's the system that, uh, the, that puts it in place that allows for these guys to, to progress.
1: Howie, Russell Spear here, mate. How are you? Hey, Russell. Good. How are you doing? I'm
3: doing very well. Uh,
1: I want to just go back a little bit here with uh, the Sam Gibbons situation. Sam's been in the system now, would it be four seasons? Would that be right?
3: I think that's right, yeah.
1: It, well, it, and, he, and he has never got out of uh, out of the rookie ball um, situation. <laughs> for for those that know Sam we all understand how good he is and we know the potential of 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 what he's got but why has it taken 4 years for for Sam to get out of that Do you know that the hard part it would seems to be out of the basement of rookie ball
3: yeah it's, i think if you look around around the league um it, it's difficult for us to, run to get out of rookie ball and we don't have that many players north of rookie ball right. you know there might be 60 players or something that have, are signed and only a dozen get past rookie ball Um, So it's not, it it is very much a situation where players come over underdeveloped. They haven't played enough games, period. They haven't had enough at-bats. They haven't had enough innings. They haven't developed to the point where they can compete at the higher levels. And I I think that a little bit of that was true with Sam. When he first came over, he didn't, he was underpowered. He didn't have velocity. He didn't have you know, what we call stuff. Yep. Uh, he he was he was a projection case. We projected him to have throw harder. We projected him to have breaking ball and all the things that he has now. Um, but sometimes it takes some time. You know, you look at Jimmy Beresford. You know, it's taken him it's taken him eight years to really get strong enough to be able to compete at the upper levels. And he's doing that. he doing a fantastic job yeah, now. He is. But he you know he's probably three or four years behind everybody else developmentally. And that was, you know, it's not just games, but physically he was a late bloomer uh, and that has something to do with it. But that's, I think that's typical of, of most Australians. it They just don't play enough baseball in Australia.
0: Um, Howie, you just mentioned James Beresford there. he's He's been terrific at the AAA level for a couple of seasons now. Just can't seem to quite uh, crack it to the major leagues. What areas of his game might, if he can improve something to help him properly get there, what areas does he need to improve?
3: Uh, I think probably just needs an injury to an all-star at second baseman. that's <laughs> ahead of him. The
0: old injury, yeah, that's handy,
3: Mister Dozier. You know, he's, he's, him he's, out, he's, he's improved. He's improved. Uh, you know, he, he, he can play. He's a fantastic fielder. He's hitting three hundred. He doesn't have power, which some of these other guys have. You know, he's not the blinding speed that some of these other guys have. He doesn't have. Uh, the range to play shortstop that some of these other guys have. So it's, you know, it's, you know, what he can do though. He, he, he's off. I, I, I firmly believe that James gets a shot in the major leagues, he'll stick and he'll be a 300 hitter in the major leagues and what that leads to, you know, who knows, but he he's, he's he can hit. And if you look at James, he's always been one of the better hitters at every level he's ever played on every team. And, uh, um, and it's, 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 still true. I mean, I think he led the, uh, I always pretty close to the lead of, in Rochester, at least with guys, full-time guys, and the guys, some of those guys who went up to the major leagues probably hit a little bit higher, but that's been true for the last few years. And eventually, you know, it's, it's just a long, this is a marathon. As we explained to the kids when they first signed, it's not a race. It's a marathon. Eventually when he gets there, the hope is that he'll stick and be a, he'd be a hell of a major leaguer for a long time, for the 10 years.
1: We uh we had this conversation in here a couple of weeks ago. How regarding major league average, you know, and and it sounds so average. Major league average power, average arm, average leg speed. Uh, they're all pretty special, aren't they? I mean, you know, we look at James and we know James quite well in here, and we all think, uh, you know, from from home to first from the left side, he's he's super quick and uh, he's got great range and um, you know, he hits the ball uh, with power into the alleys and we we. Uh, Assume, or I think that that uh, that's good enough to get him anywhere, but it it's really not. It does go to show how how special these major league baseballers are these these daily guys that uh, uh, keep guys like James out of a lineup.
3: Yeah, I mean, if you can imagine, if you can imagine athletes that are uh, uh, equal to the best Australian Rules football athletes or the best NRL athletes, I mean, that's what these guys are. They they can really really run. You know, we've got you know, the best power guy that we've ever had out of Australia was David Nielsen. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, you know, maybe Glenn Williams hit 20 or something in the minor leagues. Uh, Forbes might have hit 20 or something in the minor leagues. We don't have anybody that's hit 15 home runs in the major leagues. Mm-hmm. These guys are really strong. They're really fast. They're really talented. Skillful. And it, it, it's, it is the case that, you know, some of these guys look special over here. But when they get surrounded by everybody else, you know, they, there has to be something that is special over there that allows them to, to, to stand out.
2: Mm-hmm. Howie, you, uh, yeah. you were over in uh, Japan watching the uh, Under-18 World Championship. Did you see anything you like over there from the Aussies? And what about the rest of the world?
3: You know, there's, uh, the Aussies competed really well. They, did, they really did a fantastic job against Cuba, um, they they beat the teams that they should have beaten. You know, they beat Taiwan. They beat some of the minor teams, Mexico, Brazil. They, they they beat the teams that they needed to beat, and that's what that's all they need to do in these tournaments. And you know, eventually they'll progress. The problem in the past is we've gotten beaten by uh, some of the teams that we should have beaten. You know, the Italy along the way, and and so on and so forth. Where um, where if we would just take care of those teams that we should beat, we'll get we'll progress. And then occasionally knock off a, you know, knock off a Japan or knock off a USA or knock off a Cuba. Uh, you know, with the, the last World Championships that uh, were in Korea, we knocked off USA. Um, so it can be done, and we didn't knocked off Cuba this time. Um, so you know, we just need we need to take care of business, as they say, beat the teams that we should beat, and then uh, and then maybe knock knock one of the big boys off here or there. And, and we'll progress. We can't compete on the same level of, of Japan, of Korea, of USA, and and frankly, you know, we beat Taiwan. Taiwan's got a better program than Australia. Um, that was a great job. Uh, there's Australia is behind. The reality is Australia is behind these other countries, and way behind some of these countries. I mean, way behind some of these countries. So, you know, that Japanese team out there was. Well, it's just outstanding. The USA team's going to have a bunch of major le- future major leaguers on that team. The Korean team, same thing. They'll have a bunch of future major leaguers. Cuban team, same thing. You know, there's a, there's a, everybody's bearing down on Cuba because you never know who the next guy is to defect. And they've got a couple guys <laughs> yeah. that will probably be major leaguers. Yeah. I can't say that there's any one major leaguer on uh, um, a position player on, uh, uh, on Australia. You know, we don't have that depth of talent. We don't have that quality of talent. So we have to scrape, scrap, and, and play above our skis and play in order to in order to compete. And we did that against Cuba. You know that Noonborn came in, a position player came in and pitched and did a, just a fantastic job against against Cuba. He, uh, yeah, it was it, it really was good to see. It was a, there was a. We got, we got a little help along the way, which is what you need. I think we probably had ball four. In the bottom of the ninth inning, it might have been ball four to lose the game. The Empire this time called it a strike. Um, so we, we finally got that call against Cuba that we needed to get and we never got in the past. And and we took advantage of it. The boys went ahead and, and capitalized on that. But we got a ways to go to catch up to these other boys. Yep. These, these teams that these teams from the advanced countries are, are really good. You know, we have maybe one or two guys that can run average to first base. You know, Japan had about eight guys that could run average to first base. They had a couple guys that were that, that were plus, and a couple guys that were plus plus. So they they had three or four guys in their lineup that would have been as fast as as Weikert in mean, his prime, or fast as anybody that we've had, not Durrington, you know, anybody in Australia. And they have three or four in their lineup. Mm. You now we have one every few years. Mm. Yep.
0: Howie, um, uh, the Twins. Graciously allowed Lachlan Wells to be a part of that Under-18 World Cup over there in Japan. Uh, News came out today that his young brother, I don't know, is he younger by a minute? I'm not sure. But Alex Wells also signed this week uh, with Baltimore Orioles. Did the twins have a look at Alex Wells also, the twin brother of Lachlan?
3: Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We would love to have Alex and, and made offers, and um, Alex wants to forge his own way, which is great. He wants, you know, there a—he's always been a little bit behind uh, Lachlan, and I think I think he's actually older, but he's got a couple of minutes. But he's always been developmentally a, a little, probably a year behind, um, and this, he's always been in the shadow, and and um, you know, this is a great way for him to forge his own way with Baltimore. And they'll see each other down in Florida. They'll be playing against each other, um, and I think the world of Alex as well. I think those two kids have a chance to be in the major leagues.
0: You just say he's uh, slightly behind in development. There of Lachlan was there a reason? Did Alex sit out some baseball, or he's just no. been a little bit slower in the uh, no, uh, coming up just, to speed?
3: It, yeah, just physiologically, kids kids mature at different rates. Even even twins. And uh, you know, Lachlan had developed the arm strength or drew faster earlier. And uh, it's always been, yeah, it's always been six to twelve months, and it's, it's holding true still. You know, Locky can throw the ball ninety three, ninety four at times, and now Alex is starting to throw the ball ninety ninety one at times. So it's, yeah, uh, you, know, you hope he'll catch up in a, in a year or two.
2: Howie. Just to, you, uh, on a personal note, do you consider yourself an Aussie or a Yank? What does your passport say? Right, well, <laughs> my, my don't worry, immigration's not listening. <laughs> yeah, but my
3: passport is is, uh, is American. I consider myself Aussie. I, I'm, I'm I'm an expat American. <laughs> I just I just can't get myself to say that allegiance to the Queen of England. Yeah, mate, we we love you. We're
2: claiming you. <laughs> just keep putting Aussies in the big leagues. <laughs> yeah. How no, I, how I, long
1: have you been here, Howie? Yeah, I've been in Australia longer than I, I was in the United States. Wow. wow. I've been here
3: wow. 30, 30 years,
1: Wow, years. And, and scouting that whole time? Uh,
3: no. I, well, I first came over as a player. Right. So I came over and played for Fitzroy. I remember that. I remember that,
2: the, Howie. We played against each other. Frank Truccio pitched for that Fitzroy yeah. team.
3: Yeah, we, we got up to Division One. We competed in Division One, and then they kicked me out of Australia for a year because I applied for permanent residency, and they wouldn't let me back in. <laughs> and then they did yeah we're pretty strict like that
0: <laughs> we we always need a good we need a good trumpet
1: player we've got no trumpet players
3: here howie oh I know a few good ones
1: <laughs> now howie the um I've always admired uh, your ability to scout. Obviously, you, you've got the runs on the board with with some of these guys, which is uh, great. But uh, you, you, for me, uh, having a small time in the scout game, I I always uh, you were never around that that core group of scouts. I always found you down the side, down the third base or first base line, or down in the outfield, uh, minding your own business, yet uh, being able to put up uh, better numbers than the, probably any other scout here in Australia. Um, what What's the secret? Can you can you give us some insight?
3: <laughs> there's, a, there's a couple of reasons for that. One, one is I don't carry a gun, and I'm I, I'm, you know, no Can officer. I just say that it's a, <laughs> it's a radar gun?
0: It's just a radar gun, a radar gun. Yeah,
3: I'm not I'm not I'm not wedded to velocities. I look at different. I look at it in the abstract. It's it's more like being an art critic. Is this is this painting beautiful? Or what makes this painting beautiful? You know, it's, it's and you're trying to identify factors that will allow player to develop the tools down the track they don't have the tools now they, they, what will allow them to develop down the track and sitting behind home plate for me is probably the worst place to the worst view of that and uh, you know the other thing is I, I get behind home plate and all i do is talk <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I just have a concentration and focus else. yeah
3: yeah. yeah, so I have to, I'm one of those guys that just you know when I was in the classroom I had to be off by myself in the corner. <laughs>
1: Is a it, it, that's a wonderful insight into into your world a little bit, Howie, because we're so dominated by by numbers, you know, figures and velocities and and all these times. You can measure. Oh. Yeah, everything that's, yep. that's 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 what scouting is. You know, you write a report and it's all it's all number driven essentially, and it's nice to hear a bloke who's been so successful that that those aren't uh, the most dominating factor of, of what he does. But um, you know, writing reports and all that, Howie, that that all scouts have to do, are, are they still a focus for you? Um, as far as uh, a measurement regarding the twins,
3: oh sure, still have to write reports and, and communicate. That's a, it's a vital part of it. You know, the communication is a little bit different now than you know. The reports come to me, and, um, and it's it, it, I'm reading more reports from other scouts. Um, and, but certainly, the report writing is is, is fundamental. Uh, and, and but after a while, you know, it gets to be formulaic. I mean, you see, player, I can, I'll relay this story. There's a you you base your looks of current players upon players you've seen in the past and the longer you've been around the the bigger the catalog of players that you have seen in the past becomes. become so um, you know I was, I was a young scout. Um, and my first year or two I was doing some minor league coverage and scouts in the states they, they cover minor league baseball and the major leagues as well and the instructional league and spring training and different and different aspects of professional baseball and I was having pro coverage in in Beloit and there was a picture on the mound that looked pretty interesting and, and I'm you know a lot of young scouts who like to tell everybody how much they know and um, we try to you know, try to garner respect from conversations while the games are going on. And well, I, I was sitting next to uh, Dale McReynolds and uh, and some other guys. Uh, that one was 80 years old. One was 70 years old. One was Amil Bellick was in his 70s. Uh, Herb Hanna. There was there were these scouts that among them had 160 years of experience. Yeah, there's four, four or five guys. One guy had 50 years. Another guy had 40 years. Another guy had, you know, the youngest of them had you know, 28 years of experience. Uh, one, So looking at the picture, one guy turns to the other guy and says, you know, that guy kind of reminds me of a young Jim Bunning. <laughs> well, goodness, Jim Bunning, he's in the Hall of Fame. He was young in the 50s. right. <laughs> he <laughs> <You're wrong. laughs> was young before I was even born. So I, I learned immediately, and I, 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 I I'm a quick learner at times. I learned immediately to keep my mouth shut I used to listen to these guys because I had nothing to add to this conversation.
2: (laughs) See, Howie, look, you know, the numbers thing, this is the thing. They still haven't come up with a number or or how to measure um, attitude, desire, um, you know, all those kind of things sort of come out in the wash. And uh, and I was one of those. I was one of those, you know, playing elite-level football. Um, Anything you could measure... Uh, I was probably not in the top ten of any of those, but if you threw the ball in between me and another player, I'd rip their eyes out to get it. And you can't measure that until you actually see it. So yeah, that's something. That's something you you
3: can. You're right. You have to see it. Yeah, that's right. They, they There's trying no trying to number. It. There's no. They number. are trying to measure it though. They're they're trying to take psychological tests. And they do that in the AFL now, and in in a lot of sports. They're, they're trying to find. Standardized tests that will measure that kind of thing, but yeah, maybe maybe they have value. I, I don't know. We we had something like that and at one point. The Major League Scouting Bureau tested every prospects in America before the draft with these same sort of things. Well, Ken Griffey Jr. had the worst the worst <laughs> test ever recorded yeah, the one second worst test was like robbing you know? yeah. so, <laughs> out know, so you know quite and part of it was i'm sure he took you know he just he he wrote down a for everything right because he didn't <laughs> want to be bothered you know there was a but you're right you can't you can't judge uh, a, a lot of times you can't judge stuff objectively you have to have uh the experience of of looking at players or looking at athletes with a mind for you know, what is this kid's makeup? What is it? Is this kid going to tear the ball away from everybody else to, you know, that kind of kid who's in, in the schoolyard, which, which kid's going to get the ball? You know, it's, it's, it's simple as that. Which kid's going to get the ball? It's not always the biggest, strongest, you know, fastest guy. Sometimes it's a little, it's a little dirt ball.
0: <laughs> um Howie, just uh I'm I'm not positive whether you would know, just off the top of your head, do you know how many people you may have helped get to the major leagues? And more importantly, Australian guys that have he- I've got eight here. Do you know yeah. the number yourself out of the Australian of course? he
3: well. Are you account. kidding
2: me? Come on, Howie, no. what's the number? <laughs>
3: You know exactly I, I exactly No, no, no. I, I, I'm seriously. You know, there's a... Um...
2: Let, let's play a
0: word association. That's what I was going to yeah. do. You talked about relating them to past players. So I'm just yeah. going to throw some names at you. And give us a one word at word association, game. Brad oh, Thomas. Gosh. Brad Thomas.
3: Oh, athlete.
2: Who did he remind oh. you of player-wise? Um, yeah, probably Bruce Hurst. Okay. A little bit. Glenn, Glenn Williams. Oh boy, he was
3: Chipper Jones. Wow,
0: Peter Moylan. As a, you had him as an infielder, didn't you? Back in the day, no, no, no
3: I had him as a pitcher. Oh, okay, as, yep, as, as a pitcher. Um, you know, that was that. That was the first pure projection case where you look at somebody as an athlete, just a pure athlete, um, who's he can do a lot of things. I mean, as a position player, some teams like him as a position player. Um, but he had an arm action, and he had delivery, and, and he had focus on the mound. And so it was—it was more a case of this. This was, you know, one plus one equals two. He's—he's he, he, he's got makeup. He's got—he's got delivery. He's got arm action. You know, he has uh, a body that's going to fill out and get stronger. He has all the components that go into um, what we call projection. And yeah. You know, there was, I, I'm sure I had to relate it to somebody. Um, I, I, you know, because when we write reports, we relate it to major leaguers or who he would be, but I can't remember who that who that was. He was. And then certainly when yeah. he dropped down, he was unlike <laughs> he was unlike the pitcher that I would have imagined.
0: Uh, Luke, Luke Hughes.
3: Um, you know, Luki Hughes was. You know, I think it was Pat Mears at the time or Denny Hawking, one of those kind of you know the infielders that had a little yeah. bit of pop.
0: Uh, does this does this one uh, burn a little craw in you? This one, Liam Hendricks, doing beautifully at the moment with the
3: Blue Jays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, threw <laughs> ninety seven against us and came in and struck out Dozier throwing ninety seven. Wow. Yeah. um, yeah, um it, Again, his, this is one of those projection cases as well. He's an outfielder, and but again, with the, the same those those athletic components that you look for and the makeup that you look for, uh, and and I know again, I know I. Put somebody down, but um, I think it was I think it was Supan for him. Okay, yep. Mark Supan.
0: Um, Grant Balfour. Uh,
3: um, Balfour was an, he was another one. It uh, was a you know how, how about this? I can't remember what year it was. The under sixteen tournament was in Alice Springs. I think there were five, <laughs> five or six big leaguers in that, right? That's right. So you had right. Glenn Williams at shortstop. He made it to the big leagues as, a, as an infielder. You had Grant Balfour. Catcher. He made it to the big leagues as a pitcher. You had, uh, you had uh, Thomas at first base. He made it to the big leagues as a pitcher. You had, uh, I think Mossy was in right field. He made it to the big uh, leagues as a pitcher. Spearsy, were you? You were at that. I was one, that. One. Yeah, I was at that trip. Yeah, that might have, that might have been one of the best that might have been one of the best scouting trips I ever took in in Australia.
1: Yeah, they certainly had, a lot of think, guys signed out of that oh, tournament. Oh yeah, Traeger
3: Park. You yeah, yeah. <laughs> we won it the championship hard. there in '15. It was hot and there were a lot of flies. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, uh, one that I've sort of spoke with not too long ago, Michael Nakamura. Yeah,
3: Nakas is uh, yeah, Nakas is, Nakas is a case of, of, um, you, get, you get hit upside the head with enough ninety-three mile an hour fastballs and you realize <laughs> that the, the guy who might not be six foot tall is actually a prospect. Yeah. <laughs> and he he. Um, this is this is kind of an interesting. Story. I'd seen Nacus since the very first tournament that I had ever scattered in Australia, which was like an under fifteen tournament in in uh, Altona with Jose Pett. Oh yeah. Still. Yeah. And Nacus was playing second base. Again, we did both, but he played second base and he was you know, he, he was a all around player, he was a position player. Um he uh I yeah, you know, we had found him he was on everybody's radar forever. He went to Alabama, and I saw him in the Olympics in 96, and he was throwing 86, 87. And, um, you know, on the cusp, but nothing that re- it was really a standout tool. He went undrafted after three years and came back to Australia and dedicated himself to, to, to you know, playing professional baseball, whether it was going to be in Japan or whether it was going to be in the States. And the thing he had to do was throw harder. So he did. He started throwing harder. Well, I didn't. I got off the plane from... Uh, you know, I, I used to spend six months traveling overseas and then come back, and, and uh, when I came back, I went out to Morabin, and I ran into Wads, John, Waddy, I went to John Wadsworth, and, and uh, um, somebody had said that Nacas was throwing like 94, and I asked Waddy, hey Waddy, you see Nacas? He threw 94, I heard, he said, yeah, yeah, he threw 94 miles an hour, so why didn't you guys sign him? Well, I put the report here, and our guys back in the States didn't like him. Well, they would have seen him three years at, in Alabama. And they would have had reports that would have said no prospect. And even our scout in, in that area, he's a, he's a wonderful scout, Mike Moya, didn't have him in as a prospect, just as a good player. Well, I, I ran to Nackers that night and said, you he I heard you're throwing hard. He said, yeah, I, I guess I'm throwing hard. I said, well, when you pitch, he said, well, I'm pitching tomorrow. Well, if you, throw 90, if you throw 94 tomorrow, I'll sign you. <laughs> right, well, playing out at Mall, at the Mall, I, got, I had the gun. In fact, then I pulled out a gun because I wanted to, I had one at the time, and he threw a ni- hit a ninety-three, and a bunch of nineties and ninety-ones and 92s. and uh, I, 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 you know, I like to think I'm true to my word. And I, he didn't hit a ninety-four, so that cause he didn't hit a ninety-four. But when do <laughs> you pitch next? Well, next week I'm pitching out at Marabut or someplace. Okay, I'll just, I'll just come see you. Same thing. If you hit ninety-four, well, same thing. He hit more 92s than nineties at this point. Huh. I decided to uh, this is a, how many times do you got to see this? And so we uh, we decided, no, you didn't hit 94, Nacken. You hit 93. <laughs> uh, I need to, I, I needed a little more time here to convince my people back in the States that we're going to sign them. And eventually we, you know, he's upside the head with enough 93s yeah. and eventually <laughs> sign the guy.
0: Eventually, yeah. Um, the last one I've got on my Australian list here is Trent Altgen.
3: Ah, <laughs> Doc. But Doc was, Doc was had those hitting... Actions when he was fifteen, sixteen years old, um, he 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 could always hit. He had a great swing, and he had he had a wonderful approach. And he was just a you know a fun guy. Loved the game. Uh, and I, and I, again, I would I would have said I would have compared him to somebody, um, but I'd have to go back over my student just you know figure out exactly who that was. The um, left-handed, you know, he was a. I'm trying to think of who that might have been, and I can't.
0: So is it is, is that is that the list from the Australian angle that uh, we got there? Is there any others that I may, I may have missed from the Australian side um, of things, Harry?
3: Um, you know, there was I don't know. Let me think. Um, I guess I hope we didn't miss out on a, a pizza.
0: I think we got them all. We, I I had uh, research and development onto it earlier, so <laughs> okay. so we, we got it. Uh,
3: we got it, it covered.
0: Be. But the next one, uh, th- this is the last one. Um, well, we got Hughes, t- you
3: know, we got Hughes in the system too. He had a, a little different deal as a six year free agent, but yeah um, um, I don't I don't think there was nobody other no other team that was gonna sign him. So I I'm I'm real proud of that one as well because yeah. we gave him a chance when nobody else was gonna give him a chance and he ended up being the player of the year in Rochester and getting the biggest right, yeah. yeah. one at bat and got hurt. You know, we had we had a little bad luck with some Australians coming up and getting hurt. You know? I mean Willow played Fourteen games with us, hit, got a base hit in every single one of the games, and at the end, that's a fourteen-game hitting streak in the big leagues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was doing some of those were pinch hits. Yeah, uh, and by the end of it, he was he was anointed as the Minnesota Twins' third baseman. Yeah, and going to be. Given the job, he was he was going to be the starting third baseman. About the game he was anointed the starting third baseman was the game we dove back in and separated his shoulder.
0: Yeah, and that, and that, was uh, it. that put him out from there on. Last one uh, last one here, Howie. The, the next young one that is coming along has just gone through some surgeries, young Lewis Thorpe. Now, he is a real prospect. Um, do you know where he's at at the moment during his rehab?
3: I think he's got about, I think he probably has six months to go or something like that. Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's, it, with Tommy John, it's all it's, it's a process, and it's all, they've got it down to whether it's 12 to 16 months or whatever it is, and, you know, there's, they're pretty standard markers along the way, and I think he's hit all those, I haven't, I haven't heard of any setbacks or anything, so, um, you know, it, it is it is the case that that the pitchers get hurt, and pitchers have to deal with injuries, I you know, uh, Liam Hendricks had to deal with a thoracic outlet syndrome or something like that, he had to have a hole drilled in his back for a, for a nerve or something. Yeah. Some kind of surgery. You know, then and, and Tomos had the had the thing done and you know, Balfe had the thing done a couple of times and Noil's had the thing done a couple of times. So you know, they all get hurt. Everybody gets hurt.
0: There's a lot of stress yeah. on the body there that uh, comes along with pitching. But we're going to have to leave it there, Howie. Uh, really appreciate your time this morning. Thanks very much for oh, joining yeah. us here on hey, SEN's MLB just, podcast. Sorry, just, go. Just,
3: just, sorry, just a quick one. Yeah. When, I was a, when I was managing Bushies and we had Larry Corgan come out as a cross checker, <laughs> we had a little tryout camp, right? Yeah. At the tryout camp, oh. we had uh, we had Maddie Wood and we had Richie Vague and we had. Two guys that went on to AFL stardom. <laughs> two guys?
0: Chaffee. Two guys. Mark Chaffee.
3: Would that be right? Char- Charles, he'll tell you the rest.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to do that after this interview, uh, Howie. Thanks very much again. I can
2: get a ball out of the infield.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Somebody likes something about you, Josie. I'm not sure what. But anyway, thanks. Um, thanks, Howie. Really appreciate your time okay, this morning. Course.
2: That was awesome, Howie. That was okay. really awesome. Great and job.
0: i get you on soon. Thanks very much, Mark. Okay, Thanks, Howard. Celix Recoding Service specialise in electrostatic painting, where our fully trained staff and state of the art equipment enable projects of any size to be coated either on site or in our well equipped Bayside facility. Celix Recoding Service offers a professional powder coating service and has a wide range of colours available, and items can be colour matched to ensure integration with your existing decor. Selex Recoding Service also offers anti-graffiti coating, sandblasting, and metal fabrication of refrigerator components and parts. For more information, go to info at or call nine seven double eight 4000 And welcome back to SEN's MLB podcast. Terrific chat there with Howie Norsetter, those who, who may not know who Howie is. Of course, we just talk scouting and all sorts of things. He's the international scout for the Minnesota Twins based here in Melbourne. Boy, he's, he's sent a lot of guys to the big leagues, hasn't he? I mean, I, I just mentioned eight, I think it was eight that I mentioned Australian guys, but all up how he's been involved with about 15 guys sending them to the uh, Major League Baseball.
2: He's uh, an impeccable record, just and and what about the stories? Wasn't he awesome? And that that interview probably could have gone for another two or three hours. Oh, absolutely! I've had. Chats. I was enjoying that. I was right into that. Yeah. wasn't a great. I've great. had
0: I've had chats with how he games here and there. At times we don't uh, see eye to eye on everything, but what he does have is runs on the board when it comes to this sort of thing. And and what you know from that is if he happens to ring the Minnesota Twins' head office and say this guy can play, they take him. At his word, and they they know they have got a fair income guy on the board. So tremendous to have um, Howie on the show, and he's got some real pokers in the fire. Beresford at AAA, yeah. Young Gibbons has had a career year now at uh, at the single A single A level, and uh, Lewis Thorpe will be coming off. Uh, his Tommy John surgery soon enough. So Logan know,
1: Wade out of Queensland, who middle infielder, who uh, looks the
0: goods. Logan Wade. Well, and one thing we didn't touch there with Howie was Joe Vavra will yeah. be the. Um, New manager of the Melbourne Aces coming out this year. Twins yeah. again. There's such a twins feel to Melbourne this year,
2: and and that would have extended it into the Howie Northside show. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because he would have had a, like another ton of stories about him and, yeah. and his sons, and the two was, sons, Trey and, and Tanner. Off air, he was telling us about you know those boys, and uh, you know he was alluding that there was a you know he, there was a lot more behind that. Yeah, so, yeah. Have ma- to get him on again, amazing. Studio, yeah,
0: we'll, we'll try get him in the studio or on the show uh, another time because he's got lots of good stories, but got to keep moving. Uh, with the show now. A little recap on last week we um, spoke with Brett Ward, international scout for the Baltimore Orioles and we talked under 18 World Cup. That tournament is done and dusted now with um, Australia ended up performing beautifully in that tournament. Um, The USA won the final over Japan so the USA come away as under 18 World Cup champions but Australia's performance in that tournament, again, how he made some reference to it. He was over there watching the tournament. We've started um, game, we won the first two games. We beat Mexico, beat Brazil, so we're we're 2-0 and into the early stages. Then we lose to Japan, lose to the USA. We beat the Czech Republic, and the performance of the tournament from my side of things was to beat Cuba. Cuba, one of the world powerhouses, in uh, international baseball, Australia won that game 7-4. to four. Then we had a loss to Canada. And, Charles, this is an interesting one also because of the the Canada connection, because Canada travelled here to Australia and played Australia in eight lead-up games. Australia won that series 7-1. to one. And we did have some, some uh, chit-chat just regarding the endeavour of the Canadians in those games there. But what it was was all about leading up to this World Cup... And Canada has shown their mettle by taking out that game over Australia, beat Australia ten to three,
2: and finished out of the medals though.
0: And finished out of the medals. I was going there. I'm getting there slowly <laughs> I just, but surely. <laughs> well, but, I,
2: I get a bit of egg on my face around that. So yeah, I but
0: but at the end of the day, when you can say yes, Canada beat us in those preliminary rounds. But um, just to finish One. off here, we lost to South Korea um, uh, two games in a row in what turned out to be the bronze medal game. Um, so effectively, we've finished higher than Canada, although Canada beat us in the tournament. We've ended up higher on the rankings than, than uh, Canada losing those last two to South Korea. South Korea win the bronze, so it ends up USA gold, Japan silver, South Korea bronze. Australia finished fourth after going into that tournament in 14th ranked spot.
2: Now... I uh, I caught a lot of that um, a lot of that uh, World Championship Series uh, and the lead-up games and speaking with John Deeble his fingerprints are all over that make no mistake even though he didn't coach that team you know the work really started before that and um, and certainly uh, they the the Aussies were on a mission in fact that pre-series uh uh series versus Canada was probably more important to australia climbing up the rankings than the actual world champion they could have won the world championships in in japan and still not have been uh as well off point wise as that eight game series against canada so let's make no mistake you know canada blew an opportunity there sure um you know in terms of gaining rankings points in that eight game series but yep certainly they did come out and do the number on us they had a number of key prospects uh, in their team, uh, their left-handed power hitter didn't play in Australia, yep, um, and, and did play against us. Hit a mighty home run against us as well.
0: Such it, a mighty wallop! <laughs> uh,
2: and he did hit a big home run against the US as well. Yep. Can't think of his name offhand, but that was just a, a wonderful series. It was great to see the Aussies. They played great defense. They pitched yeah. really well. Their hitting probably let them down a little bit, uh, but to finish, you know, to finish fourth in the world was a phenomenal effort against sure. some of the powerhouses that. How he actually mentioned that we're way behind, yeah, you know, in terms of Japan, US, and South Korea. Um, so that was just a wonderful, wonderful effort. Um, and uh, going forward, I, I think uh, baseball is in really good shape.
0: Yeah, I think uh, at that level. If 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 we had international tournaments running every month, and Australia was to finish fourth in all of them behind Japan, USA, and and say. Uh, South Korea, or oh, we're a Q- superpower. Ad- we're a superpower. We then. are a superpower. So, in so baseball. us starting the tournament in 14th place, 14 ranked, but to finish fourth in the tournament it is nothing but a bonus. And as you say, Diebel's fingerprints. Steve Fish ended up managing that team over there with uh, Graham Lloyd pitching coach, Damien Shanahan, Glenn Williams, new high performance director at Baseball Australia. Terrific performance by the kids to finish fourth in that World Cup.
2: Now just to give you an idea too uh, about the levels of uh, professionalism at that level so the under 18s the Aussies had to pay $3000 to get over to Japan. Yeah. Okay. The Canadian team were paid $3000 yeah for their tournament in Australia. Yeah. They were paid so this is the players. Right. Under 18 kids were paid $7000. Yeah. To go—that's over and above their meals and their accommodation. That's all paid for. Yep. All their kit, all their equipment, yep. paid for, and seven thousand in their skyrocket mm. to actually play in that team. Now that you—that is hard to compete against.
0: Absolutely, and, and plus they'd played—they'd played around fifty-five games before they even landed on Australian shores. So they yes, they played us in eight games here, but they'd played as a team fifty-five games before they even got here and then went on to the World Cup you know we are talking about
2: yeah we're talking about 16 17 18 year old kids getting paid some significant money uh to to play the game now that's professionalism and you can expect more uh, and you can expect better results because your preparation is more thorough yep. and 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 money equals time if, if the kids aren't you know having to uh study or, or work or you know and and pressure on their parents you mm. know to, to pay them to get over there's a whole a
1: different dynamic As, and that, and that's a big part of it pressure on the parents do you get the best kids because of you know Another the economics of it all. It's a great topic. Uh, we we speak about it every week. How far behind we are in Australia, but we're obviously gaining momentum here. You know, sure. to finish fourth is is fantastic effort, uh, and it and it's probably a good base. The under 18s who will go into senior levels, and fingers crossed, they can continue to gain momentum. But yeah. how how he touched on it, and I think he's he's spot on when he said that we we did beat the teams we, we should beat. Yeah, yeah and absolutely. I, and I think that's really positive because it's it's the times that we lose to those yeah, those yeah. other. Those other, I guess, maybe somewhat equal countries to us as far as baseball goes. Yeah.
2: Mexico Mexico was a massive win. Um, Chinese Taipei was a massive win. Yeah. You know, those ones. And, but I'm going to say too, and this is, this is the, the effect that, uh, uh, it might sound like I'm, I'm pumping deeps up here, but physical conditioning, yep. you know, a number of guys had to lose weight. Did you see the Mexico team? Oh my God. I reckon a third of their team would have been 120 kilos plus. Should have should have seen them level. before
0: they got in shape for the tournament, <laughs> mate. Right, we're going to keep moving. We're, gonna get, we're just coming towards the end of the show. Elite so level
2: baseball, though, d- Homer Simpson. Like
0: I say, should have seen them before they got in shape, <laughs> mate. There's something going on in Mexico. But anyway, oh, wow. we've got a couple of little... Um, Eating enchiladas. Yeah, a yeah, couple of little duties to uh, just tidy up before we finish up. For today, um, young Lachlan Madden from the Bomb Beach Baseball Club here in Victoria has been promoted up to Quad City with the Houston Astros. He actually played against Sam Gibbons' team yesterday. Gibbons' team, uh, Cedar Rapids, ended up winning that and has gone on to the Western Division Championship Series. So congratulations to him. But Lockheed Madden, uh, terrific performance. Was speaking to his dad, Ian, just last week. And uh, he's super, super excited for young Lockheed heading up there to... Uh, Quad City with the Houston Astros. And just the last one here from me is the um, All-Star Game Entertainment, which the All-Star Game, for those who don't know, is uh, again in Melbourne this year, 16 December, out at Melbourne Ballpark in Laverton. You can go to the ABL website. It's theabl.com. Get your tickets there. But the uh, entertainment for the All-Star Game has been announced, and Sasquatch will be uh, part of the entertainment the Delta Rigs will be on stage performing along with Tim Rogers oh wow is uh, part of the pre-game entertainment for the All-Star game this year theabl.com you can get your tickets there for the All-Star game boys any last parting gestures or words of wisdom that's not a nice gesture Russell <laughs> but anyway any parting words of wisdom
2: the Abominable Snowman is going to be
1: at the entertainment Hang on, bypass Sasquatch. all that, Tim Rogers. That's that's worth. The it's price a big of, coup, absolutely uh, right there. Price of entry, right there.
0: Brought to you by Burrell and Levi Jeans. Will be the All Star Game, and we need. And that's next week. We're going to talk about that. I don't like the All Star Game.
3: I think Boo. we need to. Yeah, we
0: need to call it <laughs> Prospects Cup or something like that. <laughs> Honestly, it's not. A, you know, they're all minor leaguers. Who's the All Star amongst it?
1: It's within our um, within our league, though, right? The All Star of our league. That's fair enough, isn't this it?
0: This is going to be an interesting debate oh, this we way. We could really get on. Hang on, Clubby's clipping me around the ears here. We need to uh, finish up for today. But on behalf of Xavier Player, Russell Spear, JC, thanks very much for your time today, guys. Really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Awesome. And uh, we'll see you next week. Lovely. This is another episode of... SEN's MLB podcast.
2: Thanks for listening to the SEN MLB podcast. For more SEN America podcasts, head to sen.com.au. To keep up to date with the latest American sports news and interviews from around SEN, follow SEN America on Twitter at SEN America and on Facebook at facebook.com slash SEN America.